Longtime voice of the Dolphins, Joe Rose, joins the program today to talk about this Dolphins offseason, the Connor Williams holdout, what he really likes about the composition of this team, and where things may still need to be tinkered as we get ready for 2023. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day. It is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Special shout out to our everydayers who are locked in on a daily basis. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today on the show, got a special treat for you. First and foremost, it's brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL. When you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. We have Joe Rose joining the show. Joe is a good friend. Uh, gotten to know him really well over the last couple of years. He's been on the program a bunch. I was on Joe Rowe's show on Tuesday morning yesterday on uh, WQAM, talking Dolphins football in the midst of all of this push for the season. Well, you know, having done the radio hit, wanted to get on with Joe and, and talk about the Connor Williams holdout. And uh, he kind of wanted to go off on the defensive side of the ball about what he loves so much about the composition of this team and we had a great discussion, and I'm excited to bring it to you. So uh, without further ado, we're going to rope Joe right in, and uh, let's dive in head first with Joe Rose, talk a little Dolphins football. Back by popular demand, Mr. Joe Rose, longtime visitor of the show. Of course, Dolphins fans, if you're in South Florida, you're probably well familiar with Joe and his resume as a player and personality around the team for a very long time. Dear friend of mine, Joe, we haven't had you on a while, but it's starting to feel like football season. We're getting back in the swing of things. How are things? Good to see you. It's good to see you, Kyle. And, uh, and you're right. Listen, anytime you want to talk about the team, I, I feel the same way having you on in the morning that it's, uh, it's always good, man. I tell everybody, they ask me about you. I said, that guy's connected. He's knowledgeable. It's for real what he brings. So uh, always look forward to it with you, bud. Always. So when I came on in the radio yesterday on Tuesday, we talked about a bunch of stuff with the team. But then shortly after it came out that starting Dolphin Center, Connor Williams, uh, was not attending mandatory minicamp. And Dolphin, the Dolphins throughout the years have seen their fair share of player holdouts and looking for new contracts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I guess just some of your thoughts. I'd, I'd love to hear it since we didn't talk about it yesterday because it came out shortly after we talked uh, with the news that, that Connor Williams not attending mandatory minicamp in the last year of the two-year $14 million deal that he signed yeah. with the team last offseason. So uh, I'm surprised. I, matter of fact, uh, on the show yesterday, I did talk about um, I don't expect anybody to hold out. I thought everybody would be there. I know some guys, Sealer, would like to get a new contract. I mean, we've got some guys that, are deserving of new contracts, no question about it, especially on the defensive line. But um, I'm a little surprised by uh, by Connor. Had a great year, by the way. Great move for the Dolphins. 
to get him and bring him in a guy that played guard mostly and have vision that he could be such a good center. One of the great surprises of our football team last year was how good and durable he was at center. After the year before, we went through three or four different centers and everybody was injured and, and not necessarily productive. So uh, it was really nice having him. He was uh, he was solid as a rock all season, graded out really well. And so uh, I'm surprised that he wouldn't show up because, listen, um, it's still a lot of money. You can get done. They're not going to do that much. It's hard to get hurt at one of these minicamp practices. So I'm a little surprised he's not there. And he's a Drew Rosenhaus guy. And um, that surprises me because I know Zach Sealer's not happy with his contract. He's also represented by Drew Rosenhaus. And um, he was there. Is that what you told me today? He, yeah. he ended up, he was there at practice. I'll be there tomorrow. But um, so uh, again, I, I hope the team could take care of them. They got a little bit of money, take care of some of these guys. We're talking about some really good football players. And listen, I know Liam Eikenberg has already come out and said they've asked him to go from left guard and play some center and OTAs. That's not the answer. That That is not the answer. You've got a really good center. To me, we're still a little shorthanded on the offensive line. Let's, uh, let's take care of or, or try to band-aid finance uh, finances situation and uh, get him happy and get him back. I guess my next question for you kind of in that same light is you, you referenced some of that money that came courtesy of the Byron Jones salary cap relief as a post June 1st designated cut. And, and so the dolphins are sitting at about 13 and a half million dollars. They still have to sign just one of their rookies from their rookie class, Cam Smith. And, even with the rookie wage scale being what it is, you know, that that's going to have a marginal dent in that 13 and a half. You're going to have over $13 million after you sign Cam Smith. Do you think the dollars that they have at their disposal, having kind of that extra money to tap into from a cap perspective, you think it'd be wise for the dolphins to take care of some of these guys, but not use, any more cap space than they need to? Or do you think it would be better for them to dump some more of the salary cap hit for a new contract for a guy like Connor Williams into yeah. this year to make the cap hit for 2024 not as intense because we know the Dolphins are going to be tight against the cap in 2024 as well? Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, that, that, that those are great conversations for the GM, the head coach, uh, to talk about how they want to spend that money, right, and, and priority list and, so, so here's the situation. You've got two really good defensive tackles and make up, I, I would say, together, along with Raekwon, those, those three guys are really, really good together. Um, and, and two of the better players on, on the team. And now you throw in a center. Uh, they're pretty important positions in what needs to be a must-win year now. It's the best roster we've had in a long, long time. But you need all those pieces. They're all important, and you want to add on to them. Um, so so you threw me a little curveball on, on Connor already basically saying I'm going to sit out or I, I, I've just outplayed this contract, and, and I want to be taken care of. I, I know where I graded out. So the team's going to have to make some tough decisions. Um, really, they've got all three of them under contract, right, with a right. tag – and a year left on their contract, 
Um, so this could be a little bit of a strong arm situation. I understand you can't take care of everybody. I understand everybody's going through this on the roster a little bit. Somebody outplayed their contract. It's still really good. And it's like, I don't want to play for that amount of money. I want something new. Uh, you've taken care of other guys on the team. I want to be, I know how important the offensive line is too. Um, that's a tough one. It's a tough call. Plus, hey, you still may want to add some pieces to this thing. You want to keep a little bit of money in the bank. Um, boy, that's a tough call. But I will tell you, you're shorthanded on that offensive line. You you really are. As, as much as, and I love the defense, and there'll be another down if we have time to talk about it. But I, I really like the front and back end, especially of this defense. And how good I think it can be if guys play up to the way we know they can with Vic Fangio, letting them run a little bit, giving them a little freedom to to really get after it. Uh, but that offensive line, that that Connor Williams thing, um, I'm not one of these guys that believes you can just go out and find a center, a guy that that, that can shotgun snap it and pick up uh, coverages and 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 fronts and and all the things you need your. Um, strength left, strength right, all the things that you have to do to, to help Tua Tungavailoa out at quarterback, that guy's pretty important. And I'm guessing he knows he's pretty important to this thing and giving Tua less things to worry about when he's playing center. Before we go any further with our discussion with Joe, and there's a lot of, of great conversation that is coming at a stop and tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Here's the thing about Bird Dogs. You got to look good to play good. Bird Dogs helps you do it. These are khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a more sculpted look. Skies out, thighs out. It's a way of life. Those of you who know, know. And if you don't, now is your perfect chance. They do the same thing that Lululemon shorts do, but they do it way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are kind of stuffy and stiff and made of cotton and get hot and congested. And that's no fun. These things breathe, too. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off once you put them on. I promise you that. And that that's the kind of we, we kind of heard those inklings throughout the course of of last season, too, that, that Connor is from a pre-snap perspective and communication perspective has a heavy hand, so never mind the athleticism and the range and, and what he actually did after the snap, but his role, and, and they bet big on him when they signed him last year to move him to center, and it ended up being a, a stroke of brilliance. It, he was oh, really man. effective. Have to think that's probably one that, that if Connor's going to push, I would probably be inclined to think that Miami will meet him, even if it's a short-term Band-Aid, versus calling his bluff and letting that one run yeah. too long. Yeah, so so we've done that with X-Man, right? I, I was thinking right. Xavier and Howard right off the top, like, hey, how about we do a little bit of this and add this and, you know, if you do this and get through this year and then we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, and then they may have to take somebody's bluff, man. They they may take somebody's bluff through camp. I, You know, I hope not. I it, it is so nice when you go to camp and I know it doesn't happen all the time and don't have a guy that's key that's sitting out and is he coming back? And um, I, I think that Connor's playing a pretty good hand on the Miami dolphins. Let's get right to it here. I mean, we, yeah. you and I have talked about the tackle position, the guard position, 
do we have seven or eight quality guys? Do we have enough guys on the outside? Um, and then adding a guy that has Liam Eikenberg has struggled at a lot of different positions, man, to just think we're going to run him into center and like, Hey, uh, if you don't come back, we got our center. Yeah, really? I don't know if that's the case. So, uh, it, it will be an interesting, I hope they get it worked out. I, I do. Um, Hey, listen, great job by the, the front office, uh, Chris Greer, and the coaching staff to have vision what Connor Williams could be because that one surprised me when one of the first days he said, hey, I'm moving to center. I'm really fired up about it, and he ends up being as good as he was. That doesn't always happen. So I wanted to ask you about expectations versus reality, but you, you've kind of given me a, a rabbit hole. I'd love to dive down a little bit here, talking about how much you love this defense and whether it's the front or the secondary and – I mean, just kind of talk big picture. Obviously, you bring in David Long and Jalen Ramsey to add to the nucleus that you had last year and, and acquired Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline and kind of played throughout an ankle thing throughout the second half of the season that felt like it slowed him down a little bit at times. So, um, you know, when Miami's been at its best, whether it's been the 70s or, you know, except for well, even the, the, the killer bees in the 80s, but then the early 2000s, defense really was a pillar of some of these highly successful stretches of play for the Dolphins. So talk about this group and, and what you love so much about it, particularly on the back end. Well, let's talk about the coach first. Uh, just listen to those guys talk about Vic Fangio, a little bit old school. Um, he's going to be able to talk to him a little bit differently than young coaches because they see his resume. They know he knows what he's doing. He's had success as a defensive coordinator everywhere he's been. They know that they've seen some of the numbers, even what he did in Chicago and they're going, wow. And his Denver Bronco defense is even when he was there as a head coach are still pretty good. And, um, and so I, I, I think those guys see that. I think it was an issue last year with the defensive coordinator. They had coach Boyer. Um, not everybody was on the same page and, and style of defense and, and things. And, some guys felt too frozen to certain positions. There wasn't enough freedom to make plays. Numbers went down. Um, I think Vic's going to bring out the best in, in all of those guys. I think he studies getting a feel for everybody. Um, and, and I just think that they're going to have a chance. I think pass rushing numbers, sacks, and pressures will go up. Uh, and as you know, the best thing with coverage is a great pass rush. You got to get rid of the ball a little bit earlier than you want and you throw it and you try to anticipate with a guy in your face. And I just think there's going to be a chance for X-Man and Ramsey uh, to really make a lot of plays on the back end. I, and Javon Holland should be, I mean, he's just too good athlete not to have his hands on the more footballs, either batting them down or a chance to intercept them. I like the depth. People have asked me. And at first I was like, oh, what are we doing? Drafting with our first pick, you know, a defensive back. And then then I, I, you know, and it's going on and my phone's blowing up. What are we doing? We need a tight end. We need an offensive lineman. And then I remember last year and I was like, yo, and, and you and I talked about this. It's like, ooh, you're right. We had a lot of guys get hurt, right? A lot of guys went down. Jones, need them. We got guys on the outside so banged up. We're bringing up, we're bringing up all our special teams guys. The two guys were here to play special teams had to end up playing as starters and as nickelbacks 
when we were so banged up. And it changes how you play when you start instead of playing your one, two, and three corners, you're playing four, five, and six, or three, four, and five, and safeties now have to come up, and uh, and they have to play cover corner in the slots or, or inside. So um, they're going to make sure that wasn't going to happen. Said so Nick Needham's coming back. We're going to get him healthy. Take all the time you need because he was so good in the slot before he got hurt, and the year before, um, I think they love their rookie. I think they love Cam Smith. I I not going to be surprised. Cater Kahu with all the experience he has, and then you know the two guys, man, that we need to play like stars. They are. They've been Pro Bowlers. They've been All Pro. It, it's time for Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard to play that way. Stay stay healthy and play that way. And if something happens. We're not going to throw in the tent because we still got a lot of guys with a lot of experience. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Hey, listen, Igben Ogany is going to have trouble if everybody stays healthy and everybody comes back. It's going to be hard for him to be on this team, first-round pick or not. It's going to be really difficult to keep him, especially if he can't play special teams. Uh, we can't have him inactive, or, or maybe you can, uh, for depth on the practice squad, but we're going to make sure that position got plenty of guys that are going to get a chance to get a lot of snaps in preseason. I think it was the Pittsburgh game last year. They dressed four corners total for the game. It was like Noah played the whole game because they had to, because it was Bethel got an interception on a slot fade down the sideline. And it has the game winner in right. the corner. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah. And, and then you think about guys like true Williams was a promising player and, and we may see him, get a chance to move around. There's been kind of some context clues on social media that he might get some cross training and safety at training camp and, and see if there's more versatility to tap into there. Yeah. They brought Bethel back as well, and they have Keon Crossing back, and he's getting $3 million this season. So, yeah. I mean, the, like you said, I mean, the, they legitimately have probably eight or nine corners that you make a, a viable argument are NFL roster caliber corners that will be on a 53 somewhere. But you ain't going to carry with this safety room. You ain't going to carry nine of them here. Yeah, that uh, that all of a sudden is is the most loaded position you have. Although um, I look at the backup wide receivers, um, I think Anderson's got a chance to be really good. Just watching him run in practice, he can still run. He gets past people. He's smooth on that lean, tall body. Man, he could be a nice addition. Braxton Berrios, uh, Wilson Jr. as well. Uh, who wants to be here? And I was talking to him, man. He goes, man, this is this is going to be a great opportunity. I think tight end snaps were taken on second and third and long. Mike Asiki took. I, I think a wide receiver gets a lot of those snaps now, and and those targets will will go to a wide receiver or a slot receiver. So we we've talked about the defense and and some of the exciting depth that it, that appears there, and I agree with you. I think you know even on the offensive side of the ball, the peripheral players not not your star pillars that are, are the identity of your team but the, the players that if somebody's going to commit to bracketing both of 10 and 17 and say somebody else has got to beat us there were defenses late in the year that did that and the guys who had their number called were inconsistent in doing it I, I think you between Barrios and Chosen and uh, Ezukama as a second year player who's kind of learned the offense a little bit and then A-Chain is a third-round draft selection receiving the ball out of the backfield. You, you have to feel like they have more players that 
have the dynamic athleticism to kind of challenge you if you're going to leave in one-on-one situations with no help. Well, you know one thing, Mike loves speed. I mean, right. a lot of guys talk about love and speed. He goes out and gets it. And, you know, it's hard for me to imagine if somebody wanted to line up and the NFL decided before the season started to have the NFL relays that somebody would beat what the Miami Dolphins would throw at you offensively with Mostert, A-Chain, and our two wide receivers, Waddle and Tyree Kill, would be one hell of a 400, uh, 400 relay team. Holy smokes. Yeah, they can fly. So that's the so strength I, I think of the A, team. A-Chain becomes a big part of that, and, and they're going to get him snaps where he doesn't have to worry about blocking, blitzing linebackers and get him in a situation out in space where if he breaks a tackle and, and – uh, and maybe run some routes one-on-one with a two-way go in the slot. Boy, those could be fun to watch because somebody makes a mistake. You're talking about 10, 200 meters. Right. I know what we're talking in a 40. Uh, you know a lot more about those 40s, but if it's not a high 4-2, it's a real low 4-3 right. times I'm not familiar with. 10, 10-200s are, are <laughs> something something crazy. Stupid. We got a couple of those guys. Who the hell's going around running 10, 200 meters, right. man? It's crazy. Right. So that's that's the strength of the team. How, how about the Achilles heels? We get ready to wrap this up. Just as you look at where this roster is at now, we've talked and alluded to a little bit with the offensive line and concern there. Is it interior depth? If we're assuming that Connor Williams will be ready to go week one and, and whether he comes back and it's just sending a message and he's here for training camp or they do get a contract done, assuming Connor's back, is this... You want another starting caliber player? Does it need to be an interior guy? Does it need to be a tackle? Is there anywhere else that you is, are, are concerned yeah. as being a potential Achilles heel for this team? So I, I think you and I disagree on it from what you told me on the radio, but I am still worried about injuries off of what I saw last year and history at the tackle position. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep hearing nice things about Austin Jackson. I just need I just need to see need him. To see it. He's played left guard, played left tackle, and he gets a chance at right tackle, and he gets injured. I don't know if he got 60 total plays in a right tackle and was out for the year. So I got to see it, and I got to see him stay healthy. So, and Teron, as good as he is, and he's really good. I mean, he is. You talk about a natural, natural base, natural left tackle. Makes it just incredible what he does. But you got to stay, you know, Part of success is being on the football field. And when he's on the football field, even when he's a little banged up, he's pretty damn good. But um, to me, your biggest insurance policy has to be your quarterback and your tackle position, the two positions that I think our fan base should be most concerned with because you're going to have to play. We played with so many tackles last year, so many different guys. We had tackles. We we we. We signed and got hurt in practice that never played. And, you know, guys that had been really good in the past, but were it pulled calf muscles and, and all kinds of stuff. But so so those are ones to worry because in my mind, I'm already set that I'm saying to myself, I need a guy who can play left and right tackle, or if you can find one that feels more comfortable, one on the left, one on the right, if that's if that's what it's gonna take. And their and their mindset has to be that. They got to know they're gonna have to play four or five games, mm-hmm. and and so that to me, and of course you know the other topic that's been beat to death, and that's Tua Tungavailoa staying healthy, and 
and Mike White's aware of the whole situation and Skyler's aware of the whole situation. But but those would be the two biggest concerns I have. And it's because the injury bug that I've seen at both those positions. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm not so sure that Robert Hunt's not the next best tackle that we have. And my mindset has always been maybe he needs to be the next right tackle. But I understand. They're like, eh, we don't want to do that to him. We really, unless we get in a real bad situation like we did a couple times last year, we really want to keep him at right guard. And because we think he can be really good there. Oh, okay. Well, boy, I'll tell you what, I don't want to go every year going, well, maybe our next best tackle after the starters, if somebody goes down, is Robert Hunt. Now, he'll play wherever and stuff. But I, I feel better that we can cover up guards. The tackle positions on the outside have always concerned me more. It's just me. No, it's a, it's a good point. And, and look, I thought Rob Hunt played – a really good game in the playoff game against the bills at right tackle, starting at right tackle. When, when you're down to Lester cotton starting at guard, because just the numbers were so barren at offensive tackle. And I think you could even include the starters and make a case that Robert Hunt is the second best tackle on the team behind Toronto arms. Uh, Toronto well, I don't think that's going, an, I don't yeah. think that's a bad take at all. Well, durability you got to start with, you know, I mean, Part of Austin Jackson has been he hasn't been good enough when he played at other positions. Right. He got a fresh start with Mike McDaniel and the new blocking style that they have, blocking schemes and the wide blocks and wide they wide blocking they want to do and said Austin's going to be perfect for him. Then he gets injured all season. And, you know, only one thing worse than not playing well is being injured, right? Not I mean, that's, that's the order. And if you can't play, then – you know, we're, we're, we're looking for guys. We're looking to get guys in there and you're facing the best pass rushers in the league on the outside or teeing off on you and, and, and they're putting schemes together, how to attack you and get to the quarterback. And so, so that's where I am to most positions, nothing defensively, uh, nothing defensively, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think we're good enough defensively and Vic can cover up whatever we don't have. But my, and by the way, I didn't say tight end either. I think we got blocking tight ends. We got tight end to catch passes, maybe a little bit run down the seam. But I'm looking at four wide. Uh, that group of running backs that know the system. Uh, the San Francisco treat is back. Wilson and Mostert, so we're fine. They know, hey, they know Mike better than Mike. And they, they really want to be back here with them. And if they don't get a deal done with Dalvin Cook, I, I think they're fine where they are. Um, so I'm not worried about – I'm not worried uh, – the two biggest positions I'm worried about, and it starts with health, is tackle and quarterback. Um, and the second part is, are we good enough when healthy at tackle? That would be the second part. Well, Joe, this has been a great conversation about the Dolphins. I know our, our platform here on Locked On Dolphins appreciates it as always. It's great chatting with you. Uh, we got to get back together again soon. I, I, I wow, man, I had all on. this. I had this dolphin buildup, man. It was just I had to get this stuff out, man. I and Too the way to Marlins do it is on talk. your show. It's it's so good. Hey, listen, there, you know, and I say this stuff, and people, well, you know, we need this and we need that. And hey, listen, I thought say I thought the tight end position. See, I'm not even done. I've been drinking this coffee and I'm just <laughs> going like a madman here. I thought tight end was going to be a priority in the draft. Right. I was wrong. I thought this year with that talented tight end class. 
they had Kittle in San Francisco, and I just thought Mike had dreams of Kittle about the way they developed him and turned him into the best over uh, all-around tight end in the NFL, blocking and, and catching a rock, and I was wrong. So and Mike's, just, de- Mike's definitely got his own spin on this offense, for sure. It, yeah. it's, he's not married to that San Francisco blueprint. No, he's not. And I think that's a good, good thing. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see if it works this year with with kind of where they expected they were going to go versus where they actually did. But oh, credit where credit's due, he ha- he very clearly has a clear vision for what he wants his imprint on this team to be. And uh, last year was a great launch point for it. And now now it's about finishing what you started. ACOT's a great point. You know, Mike didn't just copy what Shanahan did. He had his own spin of what he wanted. Um, speed, because this team's much faster than his San Francisco yeah. team. I'm not saying... A lot of people think they have the best skill position starting group at San Francisco in the NFL. When you look at their big receivers and their great tight end and and uh, and the and the sign McCaffrey at running back, but um, listen, he's got a little different. Three thousand yards and two receivers on the outside, and uh, that's a lot of horsepower to start with, right there. Well, Joe, I look forward to at the very least seeing you down in training camp here in about six six weeks or so. So I'm sitting right next to you, my man, not letting you leave so you can break things down right next to me. Very good. I'm looking forward to it. Joe, thanks for coming on the show, catching up. Uh, We'll definitely talk before training camp, but but wanted to at least say uh, looking forward to seeing you here at the the end of July and, and rubbing elbows here and watching this team practice here in the very near future. Hey, and I know we don't do this on the show, and before I say goodbye, your friends down in South Florida, we got to get everybody together. They want to go out. They want to hit that barbecue that they teased me with before one of those games. We got to give a shout out to those guys. And yeah. definitely and Andy, Greg, and Susan have been just wonderful friends that I have made since I started people. coming down the games. And they Sounds ran into good, you. Man. And we'll get the barbecue fired up. We'll have the chef fire up the barbecue and, and enjoy All right. Sounds game. good, Kyle. All right, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you so Thank much you, for man. joining me. You take care of yourself, bud. So that's going to do it for our discussion with Joe. Um, dear friend, as always, I uh, expected we get some great conversation out of him, and, and unsurprisingly, that's exactly what we got. Uh, I am excited to say we will have more guests this week on Locked on Dolphins. I'm going to leave it a surprise, but want to talk a little bit about some of the rookies that have everybody's attention. Uh, we're going to talk about them with somebody who knows them very well. That That's scheduled to... I'm scheduled to sit down with them tomorrow and excited to get into that. In the meantime, if you're looking for more Dolphins content, I am going to be on the Bleacher Report app tonight, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, to talk about optimizing the Dolphins' 53-man roster and what an ideal depth chart looks like. So it's kind of a bonus episode of Locked on Dolphins over at Bleacher Report. It's the first time for me working with Bleacher Report, which I'm obviously very excited for. Uh, so come on out, show support, and... Uh, Get involved. It is a conversation in which it'll be a live stream and there'll be comments and opportunities for you guys to chip in throughout that conversation. So 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on the Bleacher Report app. Uh, I will be talking about the Dolphins in an ideal depth chart and what that looks like as well. But we are out of here for now. We got lots to do today and I'm going to keep on grinding. So it is your team every day here on the Lockdown Network. I want to thank you guys who are everydayers and are dialed in on a daily basis. If you enjoyed the show, you enjoyed the interview, you enjoyed the podcast, hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, you can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Like the video, comment for the algorithm, 
Tell your friends, let's grow this community before the season rolls around so that we can have the best possible experience that we can all have together here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I'm out of here. Fins up. Talk to you soon. Peace.